Hey there, I'm Simeon. And I'm Mary. And welcome to the Two Nerds. And their journey through the essential literacy practices. Whole new worlds were created as rock twist on into unexplored territory within arms generally. There's always the theme that one has to innovate and reevaluate and move on. All right, so I'm Simeon. And I'm Mary. And we're here with Amy and Megan, and we're going to let them introduce themselves and talk a little bit about what they get to do on a daily basis with the essentials. My name is Megan Perot, and I am a curriculum and instruction consultant for special education at the Muskegon Area ISD. And so I get to work with any teacher who works with students with IEPs to ensure better outcomes for our kids with disabilities. And I am Amy Uptegrove. I'm a resource room teacher at Mona Shores Public Schools at Churchill Elementary. Um, part of my day I'm spending with students that have IEPs, but then I also spend part of my day doing interventions for mostly literacy, a little bit of math. So I was really excited to be learning more about the instructional practices. Fantastic. And Amy, last year you had an opportunity to be part of the coaching around the essentials and participate in the essentials. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I was approached um, last year, midway through the year, Mm -hmm. um, to get a coach to kind of work with me on some of these literacy essentials. I had Michelle Wahlberg, which was a wonderful experience. And it kind of dawned on me when I started going to the Essential Nightly series hosted by Mary. You know, I went to college and I've learned all this stuff about special education. And I didn't really, no one taught me how to teach people to read or how to teach, you know, teach specific things with doing that. So it was really something that I could benefit with because I was doing what I thought was right. And this just really helped me to kind of shore in everything I was doing and make sure it was more impactful. So you really enjoyed the opportunity to dialogue with someone around the reading and just brainstorm together and have that processing partner with you. And Megan, how did you get involved with all this with Amy and the connection? Well, I was really passionate about literacy. I was a reading teacher when I taught at Orchard View before I moved to the ISD, and I was incredibly involved with the literacy team there. And so I came on to the ISD before this role a little bit as a part-time literacy coach. And so I got access to the professional development provided by Nell Duke a few years back when they were first released. And I really latched onto them, especially as a literacy coach, because it was a really strong framework to coach teachers. And then I shifted into a role with special education. So I had this background in the practices. And then I shifted into a role with special education. And they kept talking this phrase with these practices of every child, every classroom, every day. And I was saying it right along with everybody. And then I was in a room full of special ed teachers at one point, and I talked about the practices and they kind of looked at me, you know, because they were new, but they had been rolled out to K3 gen ed teachers. And it, it kind of was a, wait a second, these are teachers of kids who need access to quality literacy instruction. And we keep saying every child, but we're eliminating right now a big population of teachers. And so I went to the literacy coaches, Katie Tabor and Michelle Wahlberg at the time. And I was like, so I've been thinking. And both of them were into their position enough. And they said, we could probably learn alongside some special ed teachers if you'll support us. And I said, absolutely. So they each agreed to take two teachers. I partnered Katie with two of our special ed teachers and I partnered Michelle with two of our special ed teachers and Amy was one of them. And so we did a launch. They joined the teachers in the classroom learning lab at the end of the first cycle in the middle of last year. And then for the second cycle of the coaching project, we had for the first time 
teachers of students with IEPs involved in the project. And the work that Amy did, I mean, she just latched onto it and was like, all right, how do I make this better for my kids? But even bigger than that, she totally embraced the role of the teacher leader in how do I branch this out so that everybody has access and everybody can be doing the best work possible for kids. So. I told Michelle Albert I would have a coach like every day, every year, forever, because who wouldn't want that support to kind of work right alongside you? And she like she would model things. And now we're doing it with a first grade team. And I'm on that team here. And so she's still here. I'm like, I'm, you're not shaking me. I'm staying. But, um, <laughs> she just keeps, you know, and now I can kind of work at some of that coaching, you know, a little bit when I have the time to kind of work with teachers and kind of help them in the, with their literacy practices in their classroom. So it's been amazing. So prior to this coach, had, had you had a coach before? Or? No, never. I've never. What were you heard. expecting going into? Well, I didn't know. It was kind of, you know, I was excited, but it's a little intimidating. Like, you know, if you're being real, is this how much more work is this going to be? Is it going to be right. like writing up like lesson plans that, you know, time, it wasn't, you know, I just was a little apprehensive, but I knew that if the ISD was supporting it, and I had been to those essential practice, you know, the evening meetings. So I kind of knew about the practices. So I was just hopeful that, you know, it would really you know, help the students that I work with and the teachers that I work alongside with. And it has. And I think a goal, like Michelle always talks about too, and names a goal is having the teachers that she works with in the coaching project have an opportunity to really spotlight and do their leadership. And Amy, you just named that you're taking this back and sharing it with teachers. How are they responding to learning more about the essentials as you're sharing this resource? It's been great. So it's, we started with, um, I went to the first learning lab and it, that was very impactful. So I had never exposed to that kind of learning in that setting. And that's where I've learned the most at the beginning to really see teachers doing things that, you know, some of the stuff I did, but some of it I could have done better and I could easily make some tweaks and do it. And so that was very impactful. So then what, after that first experience, Michelle and Katie actually came to one of our early release days for our staff. We brought some kids from Latchkey. We had them model a learning lab and read alouds and incorporating vocabulary to the staff with real kids, like some of those teachers' kids that they have in their classrooms every day. And so they could see like little, and it's not like they did some big, you know, dog and pony show, but they did things that you do every day, just little tweaks to make it better. And so I think that really got the ball rolling where teachers were like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I could do that. And then I, like now I went to the four day conference with Nell Duke and saw her. And so then coming back, I would present at some of the QPDs, just little, you know, I had pages of notes, but just little things like, oh, look at this good idea that you could do. So just sharing some of my learning back with the teachers here has been very impactful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just not cried. That's so awesome. Are you having a, are you in your feelings, Mary? Yes, Jones? I am in my feelings right now because just listening to this take fire. So you're, when you're talking about these teachers and they're taking it back to the practices, do you find them, Amy, coming back to you asking you more questions about your learning? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. And what's really helped too is some of them are coming to your nightly meetings this year. So that's like they wanted to learn more. So they're starting to get involved that mm-hmm. way. And some of them, you know, that are just, doing little things and making goals. That's what else we did. Our principal, Mr. Whitaker, he had us pick one of the essentials to kind of focus on. Even if it was just one of the bullets under one of the essentials that for the year, we're going to kind of work on this. And then midway, if you felt like you mastered that or you could pick something else, but just to kind of hold yourself accountable to just making little improvements throughout the day. Wow. What a celebration. So the principal has embraced these essentials. And now the district kind of hopped on. Michelle and Katie came our kickoff day and kind of talked about some stuff too. So hopefully it kind of keeps the momentum going. So Megan, I'm looking at you smiling about this. How is this making you feel when she said all kids? (laughs) I just get really, really excited because I hear Amy talk and I know that she works with all kids. 
right? She works with kids who have significant struggles and significant barriers and obstacles that they need to work through to be able to be successful readers and writers. She works with kids who are slightly at risk. And then she also coaches teachers and kids who are, you know, probably right where they should be for their developmental level and readers, but just helping them get better. And so that's why I think there's so much power in these essential practices, because these are still accessible. So I'm going to ask both of you a question. Teachers in general that work with all kids that are maybe hesitant about these essentials, what advice would you give to them? My thing, just being a current teacher, is they're not, it's not something that's going to come and go away. It's something that's just good practice and that things that you do that maybe you could just make a little bit better or be more intentional with. And so... Don't be like intimidated or scared that it's the next program. That's the, you know, the next wave in education, that it's not that it's just good instruction based in research and that it's not going to just go away. Yeah. I really appreciate the fact that it addresses all of the areas. And I think I would completely echo what Amy said. And then I would go further because I work with a lot of special ed teachers and you can partner with a gen ed teacher for a child on your caseload and be like, all right, so he's in your classroom for this practice, this practice, and this practice, which means I really need to focus on these practices. And those really, if we have the system set up properly, should be what the goals on the IEP are focused upon. And so it really helps us make sure that our learners who need more support are getting all of the support they need. So I'm just wondering, as you think about the essentials and and where you are now, What's your hope moving forward with them? Well, if I were to say a wish, mine would be just to continue with the support from the ISD. I think um, that that is really important to, I mean, we all get bogged down in our daily routine and what we have going on and students and students that, you know, have high needs and different needs, unique needs. So just to have that support, to, to, to allow the teachers to be able to focus on good instruction, I think that's really important just to make it with the work that you guys are doing, that you just continue on providing that support when it's convenient and easy for teachers. I mean, that's a big key of it, right? It can't yes. be one more thing in addition yes. to it. It's got to wrap around what you're already right. doing and sort of right. lift up that work too. Right. And yeah. that's why I loved, I really appreciated when they came right to our QPD for the whole staff. So they could model some of those. I mean, that was the best modeling what a good read aloud would look like. And then providing they provided resources like, oh, you could have that PowerPoint with this book. And, you know, just to share those resources, all the hard work that's being done to share that out so that way people can use it. Yeah, I would say I really and you kind of named it the collaboration that come that has come out of this because it is something that we are working on countywide and then tailoring and supporting individual districts and meeting them where they are. Right. And Megan, will you just kind of share a little bit what's happening this year with the Essential Series and how... Yeah, so, um, and you did hear a little bit about it on the podcast last week, but I have this crazy vision for a continuum of supports that go from students with the most significant disabilities all the way up to the students with probably the most gifted skills in specific areas that we don't have pockets, right? We don't build walls and say, okay, well, this isn't working. So you need to go to tier two. And then like this child climbs like a (laughs) metaphorical wall to get into tier two, right? And then that might not be working. So we climb a metaphorical wall to get to tier three. And I have this vision where it's just this continuum of services that's flexible based on the needs of our kids. And I, I, 
some people I will share that vision with and their eyes light up and they totally see it. And other people look at me like I have three heads and that's a little lofty. <laughs> but that is that is my ultimate goal. And so with this essential series, I keep talking about how this is like my dream come true. We finally are offering a professional development series that is a continuum. And so we have teachers Gen ed classroom teachers in some of our districts where students are facing the least amount of barriers. And it goes all the way to those resource room teachers that are trying to support kids in Gen ed or in classrooms with push-in services or kids that need a little bit more intensification strategy. So maybe they're pulled for a little bit of time. We go all the way to Wesley School and our kids with the most significant challenges just in daily living. And we have those teachers engaging in learning around the essential instructional practices in early literacy. And I am indebted to Teresa Augustiniak and Corinne Howard. They have almost embraced that practice and said, when we say every child, we mean every child is going to see themselves as a successful reader and writer. So even Kids who might be wheelchair bound or kids who are tube fed or kids who are nonverbal. Um, there are still opportunities for them to see themselves as successful readers and writers. And so when you take kids with those significant challenges and you can work with them and you can provide professional development to teachers that is all the way across the continuum. I get so excited on those nights when we are doing work around <laughs> the essential practices, because to me, it is just like, goodness, we, we're, we're together. And we mm -hmm. understand that kids have different needs. And we understand that teachers of those kids have different needs. And so we are going to tailor your learning so that it meets the needs of your kids. But yet look at the common universal learning that we can do together because of these research-based practices. And there's so much power in that. Um, Amy, I see you smiling too, and I wanted to ask you something. What has this done for your building? I mean, I know your principal's getting on fire with this, but what has it done for the teachers within your building? Well, it's given them, I think for some teachers, it's given them uh, an affirmation like, oh, okay, the, the, some of the things I am doing are research-based and are heading in the right direction. So I think for a lot of teachers, that's been nice to say, oh, great, some of the things I am doing are you know heading in the right direction, but the other things are just... The things that they do every day, it's just allowed them just to make, like I said, those small tweaks throughout their day to kind of get more, get more out of that, that activity, more bang for their buck, just to make their day more intentional. Um, and it's kind of brought everyone together around it. We all have a goal. So we all have something in common that we're focusing on literacy where it's not just, you know, I'm going to increase these words per minute. So I think it's just given us common language. It's given, I mean, it's really, they really are resources because they're a little, there are things that you can do just, you know, every day these kids need to be exposed to these, to these practices. And so it's kind of brought us all together around them. Can I just add, you said something really important that I kind of want to highlight. There are teachers that are doing these. And then there are teachers that say, gosh, I'm doing it, but I'm not quite doing it exactly like that. So just making small tweaks. tweaks I think yes, that's the power tweaks. in the learning that I've seen in a lot of teachers yeah. is mm -hmm. they don't have to like turn their classroom upside exactly. down and redo everything right. and go back to the drawing board and start from scratch. They make 
small changes and those small changes have exponential impact. And you said you were kind of heading that direction too, is it's also allowed us to look at our day and say, I'm doing this every day. You know, every day I've, this is what I've done for, you know, 15 years, but should I be doing that every day? Could I be doing something different that's more beneficial to kind of make those, it's made us more, be more vulnerable to look at our instruction and what we're doing and to kind of what's more important. What will our students benefit from more? Just because I've always done it and it's kind of fun and cute, maybe it's not what's most important. So that's kind of been, I've known a couple teachers that are like, "Ah, I guess that's true. Do I really need to be doing this? And I've made those changes and have seen great growth with their students. And within that, you just talked about the reflective practitioner. I I mean, like, (laughs) you didn't come right out and say it, but But I want to name it. Like, this is helping teachers become very reflective in our practice. And Mm -hmm. I mean, how much have we said, you know, learning is like, what, 10% doing and 90% reflecting on what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really what you are kind of talking about is the Mm -hmm. reflection that sometimes we don't always have the time to do. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Were created as rock twist on into unexplored territory within arms generally. There's always the feeling that one must do.